This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Thank you. Thank you very much. I count it a privilege to be here this morning and uh, to be able to share the truth of the Word of God. We're, you know, we're lacking, we're lacking in our country what is absolute truth. I think we still have it right here, but Amen. that's the answer. Amen. And uh, this answer needs to be taken around the world. The truth of the Word of God is going to be the compass that will guide the human race. And yet so many people just neglect that. Uh, this morning I want to look at some parts of the Word of God. And uh, let's turn to your Bible. The Ephesians, I mean Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we'll read... Uh, Read a few verses, Philippians 2, 1 through 7. It's my privilege to be here this morning. Why in the world they call a tax guy come in on this morning over, I don't know. You know but we, we, we've lost our moral compass. And anyone knows me that I'm very, very patriotic. I was last two weeks ago, I was Marine Corps base for four days. And uh, just to go down and encourage some drill sergeants to be able to say, hey, you need some good common sense in what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, protect your family, uh, protect your nation, but protect your family as well. And so, the, anyways, it's a, it's a privilege to be here. It's a very special day for many of us because some of us lost some loved ones that day. I think of my brother-in-law, when he went to work, he got on a train in Connecticut. Got on a train and then uh, couldn't make the connections. Something happened or ever just couldn't make the connection. So he turned around and went back home. And before he got home, that floor where he was supposed to be on, I think it was 93, was gone. And he now lives, he lives with the fear and guilt every day. I remember him sitting next to me one day and he was a computer, I can say a geek. You know, he's one of those very high up where he could do things that you and I would never dream of doing. And I can't even begin to say what he does because it's confidential. But he said, I sit here in my car where I used to go and have people pump gas for me. And now I can't even get a job. He said, I went and begged them, begged them to give me a job just pumping gas. And they said, no, we can't hire you. Wow, what a, what a change. And, uh, you know, I'd say a stroke came after that just because of the guilt. That's just one of the many hundreds and hundreds. Some of you can tell your story. My, I was with Rod Bell that morning, and we were in the uh, office there and going over the budget. And a secretary came in and said, you've got to come out and see this right away, right away. Something happened. Something happened. And we went out there and saw the sad tragedies that took place. And, and the, to me, the sad tra tragedy just began there because the, the sad tragedy also was this past week when we left some of our people that we vowed to help and left them to the hogs. I said that specifically and chose those words too. We left them for that. And so this morning, I want to look at Philippians and see what God's Word has for us in Philippians chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 7. 
if there, there be any, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness and of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but, on the, uh, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind, and highlighted that word in my Bible, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being, being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Several years ago, there was from very well-known general, General Douglas MacArthur. He made a famous speech that he gave at West Point more than half a century ago. And the title of the speech is Duty honor, and country. That's what I entitled my message this morning. It's our duty to honor God and we'll have a greater country. It's our duty to serve God. What duty, what do these words mean, by the way? What do those words mean? The lexicographer defines duty as one's responsibility. It's our duty to treat other people with dignity and respect because they're created in the image of God. Galatians 6.10 tells us that. Yet there are many of us with, who, would, who would think twice to let harsh and harmful words roll off our tongue when we say something unkind to another person. And even more so, we say something unkind to our own children, our own spouse. That's not your duty. We must consistently be, have an upright heart and have a moral and ethical principles in our, in our heart all the time because it's our duty to do what is morally right, not just what's economically feasible, not because it sounds good and everybody else is doing it. It's our duty to do what's morally right. Honor is defined in Webster's Dictionary as moral values, integrity, Integrity is defined as uncompromising adherence to the moral and ethical principles, a soundness of character. Honor is also defined as unimpaired in one's character. A man may be said of an honorable man that, is, that he's a man who has un, unimpaired character in respect to morals and ethics and, and uh, to get ahead for personal gain. A man has character when he's not just going out there for his own best interest, but for the interest of others. You know, a lot of people want to be the big shot. I'll tell you the best way to be a big shot is be a little shot and make someone else more important than you are. And you'll become a big shot without even trying. <laughs> yeah, and then I think of with those words that MacArthur said on country. That's what our native land is. 
For many of us, it was. For me, I was born near Montreal. My father served 12 years in the U.S. military, and then some years up, in several years in Canada. We came to this country in 1960. And at that time, I, I, I didn't know what it was all about, just a little, little first grader didn't know anything about it. But years later, I decided I wanted to do something to go overseas and work with our military, with the, where Doug Carragher's and several other men were at that time. And I said, I want to go over there and work with some of these Marines at the European, European Command Center of the Army. Let me go over there and do it. But I couldn't do it because it ended U.S. citizenship. And then I pursued this long trail to get that. And I, we did it legally, by the way, not illegally. Not waiting for some political thing to wins to come and change and go after it. We did it legally. And, I, and, and friend, I made a commitment that time that I, I intend to perform the duties encumbered upon me as an American citizen. I will do the highest standards of those duties and moral and ethical integrity, thereby honoring God and my country if I will just do my duty to God. And friends, if you do your duty to God, you'll have a whole lot better country. I, I, I can't help but those think of those words of General, General MacArthur, and, and those are so important today, entitled duty, honor, and country. And those words mean just what we've tried to explain. Uh, and um, Bob Jones Sr. said this, the code, of conduct, the code of conduct is lacking in Christianity. We are lacking a code of conduct in Christianity. We have this moral compass here, but we're not adhering to it. I said some time ago in this church here, in this very auditorium, the greatest danger in America is the apathy within America. And the apathy should not be in our churches. But the apathy is here. And we feel like we can be very comfortable and go to church and come home and go to church and come home and just have the fellowship and all the food and all the goodies and everything else that goes with it. But we forget there's a mission field outside these doors. And my, what a mission field Afghanistan was. And I don't even want to think of what some happened to some of those Christians. We need to have, we need to have personal individual character. We need to master those three words today, duty, honor, and country. Robert E. Lee said, never do the less than your best. Always do your best. And it, it is sad when you don't do your best. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 6, you don't need to turn there, says, fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole what? The whole what? What's the word? Duty. Fear God and keep his commandments, not your preferences, not what just popular wins out there. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's an absolute truth. Now we're living in a generation where people have tried to redefine truth. Friends, the truth is right here. It always has been there. It's there and it always will be the truth. But we redefine truth. The whole duty of man is to fear God and obey him in humble service to God uh, and without expecting any kind of reward, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as a manner of some, the Bible says, but it's our duty to be here at church. 
You know, some of us just get up in the morning on Sunday mornings and we just look at the winds and how we feel and we say, we're not going. Well, I recognize there's some people who can't come and their health is not there. But if you could be here, you ought to be here. And if you ought to be here, it's your duty to be here. This is your church. This is where the Word of God is preached. The Word of God is taught. It's absolute truth. Taking a pass the least of resistance is not your duty. Pastor Pillow doesn't have a good sermon. <laughs> he always preaches on eternal rest. <laughs> Friends, your duty is to be faithful and be a fruitful servant. Most of your life is spent in duty and in prayer. Duty is your service to God and prayer is your talking to God. When you read your word of, word of God, God's talking to you. And then God isn't up there, out there somewhere. He's right here. Because God created man with a soul and a moral conscience. When man violates his own moral conscience, he scars his conscience. And then he finds himself drifting into other paths where God didn't intend man to go. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 tells us to, to show our surrender of love. We need to show that we really love God by serving God. It's our duty to show we love our country by serving our country. It's not everyone's going to go out there and be a first responder like some of us are. I do search and rescue, and, and praise God, we hadn't had any hurricanes. We had to go out and find people out there in the roads and, and on rooftops and so on. But it's, I feel like it's my duty because God gave me the, an airplane and gave me, well, I'm the CFO for Wings Aviation, so that means I've got a lot of airplanes to deal with. Uh, in, in Wisconsin and other parts of the U.S. and in parts of the world, we have missionaries. It's our duty. It's our duty to make sure every one of those planes are ready when there's a time to be called and we're going to go out there and do something to help people. It's our duty not just to think about ourselves, but it's to, to, to think about the others. We are a debtor to Jesus Christ for what he's done for us. Now, what can we do for him? We are debtors. Our duty is to invest in eternity. The true meaning to invest is to, is, is to invest in a cause greater than yourself. Friends, live your life in such a way that you're living for a cause greater than your own personal interest. And then you'll have real value. Oh, this person's got low self-esteem. I'll tell you how to have great self-esteem. Go live for somebody else. Starting with Jesus Christ. Yeah, this, well, they, they're not doing too well in school because they've got some problems at home and, you know, the parents are not together. And listen, I, you can grow up in a broken home and still have great desires to serve God and to serve your country. You can grow up in that kind of thing and become a leader in our country and leader in your community if you'll just put God first. To invest in eternity is our duty. Not just living for the presence. Anybody can go out there and, and accumulate a whole lot of stuff. But I also notice this as I get up in my ears. Who wants all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, that garage full of stuff. Oh, I got this, I got this old car. I've had it for years. Some call it a GOP, get out and push car. No, it's a zuzu, zuzu. It's one of those. Really, that's the name of it. It's Suzu. 
Who wants it anymore? All that stuff is meaningless. But if you do your duty to honor God in your country, that's what's going to last for eternity. Live so you can make a difference in eternity, not just a dent in a dump. Hello? Yeah, it's nice that you've got a $70,000 pickup truck. But what good is it going to be when you pass on? What about the souls out there who need Jesus Christ? Yeah, it's your duty to be faithful to your spouse, man. Or can I say it the other way around? It's duty for your women to be faithful to their husband as well. It's our duty to deny ungodliness and worldly pleasures and worldly lust. It's our duty to live soberly. I remember hearing about one of the Marines who called for help. He called for help. Sure enough, he got someone right away who said, I'm going to put my life on the line and I'll go there and help him. Every day we hear stories like that. If you've been in our Armed Forces Baptist Mission or some of us who've been overseas over in, in the Middle East, at least my case, many times at the European Command Center of the Army with uh, Doug Carragher. Um, and we heard all kinds of stories of things that were going on where we don't hear in the news media, but we, we heard the stories when we saw firsthand what men meant when they said, it's my duty. Yeah, I'm not going to leave. The Marine says, no man is ever left behind. Friends, no soul should be ever left behind, but friends, Many of us are not doing our duty as a Christian to proclaim the Word of God. Yeah, it's our moral obligation to seek and to win lost souls. Teens today, teenagers, it's your duty to honor your parents. It's your duty to have a love for lost souls. Have you lost your first love? You've gotten aware that it's just not important anymore. You know, Thursday night visitation just once a week, but we don't even come to that. Where are we going to go tell others about the love of God? Because the world has no hope without God. And yet, we won't do our duty. Some of us no longer enjoy doing our duty. Some Christians have forgotten what their duty is, and and now it's become like you're flying on a spiritual breeze. And sad to say, many of us have found out that even our government doesn't want us in church. We're going to have church. We're going to have church. Um, and I'm glad that California is backing down. And I'm, I know those pastors personally out there, two of them, they said, we're going to sue the city. And of course, they won the court case. They're going to get paid for doing all that they've done and all they lost. You know, if we don't do our duty, the wickedness of the world will overcome and they'll take the church away if they could. You don't have to think very far and look very long if you think that our government is not in the position where they were willing to do that. I remember last year, just about a year ago, I remember hearing Bill Gates and he held up a cell phone, an apple, and he said, with just a little bit of misinformation and an apple, I can create enough fear to rule the world. I'm not going to let the world take over, and it's my duty to proclaim the gospel of Christ to set men free out there. That is, it's my duty, and that's what separates the men from the boys, those who do their duty and those who don't. What side of the fence are we on this morning? Are we doing our duty? Why do I keep preaching? I've been doing this for 40 years. 
I started when I was two. <laughs> oh. Why do I do? It's my duty. Some of you know I, I'm a marathon runner. I, I love it. I, I, my goal is to ride on my bicycle across Alaska without getting bit, ate by the bears. One of those goals out there. Why? Because I want to keep doing what I'm doing to serve God and help humanity. Yeah. Greatness consists not in seeking your own pleasure or things or glory, but in seeking and doing the duty of God. That's what's make you great. You get that? Greatness is not seeking your own self-interest. Greatness comes when you're seeking God's interest and the, and the interest of others. That's what makes you great. Someone said, well, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm, a, I'm kind of an introvert. Then suck your thumb and go do it. Do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Keep serving God. <laughs> the greatest duty for your country is to be a person of the highest honor toward God. Don't forget it. Don't excuse it. Don't neglect it. Duty is a cement that binds us all together, and it's our, it's our moral code of uh, ethics together to serve God this morning. Honor is also defined in Webster's Dictionary as the synonym for the word integrity. Boy, we like that today. Integrity. We talked about duty. We don't do our duty to, towards God. And God will bring the honor. Integrity is defined as one's responsibility to treat others with respect and dignity because they created, we are created all in the image of God. That's why we treat other people with honor. Integrity is an uncompromising adherence to a moral code of ethics. I don't need to tell you, the morality is gone. And ask any of these officers who spend the Saturday nights out here on the streets and see what, what, what it's like. The moral code of ethics is gone. And getting so that even our churches are starting to accept stuff that were totally taboo years ago. Hey, you remember preaching? Remember when we used to preach against television? We thought Archie Bunker was bad. It was funny, but it was bad. And we, now what we see is now you can't even begin to tell people what's on television anymore. We have this, I don't know, I don't even know how to work this thing. We got this little, it's, it's all the Nickelodeon channels. I still like watching Leave it to Beaver. I don't know any kids who went bad. You know, and as a little kid, I thought, that Mrs. Cleaver, she's the smartest lady, and she loves her husband. And she would say, now, Ward, and he would do what he, she, she'd tell him. <laughs> you know, that was television and then. Now it doesn't have blood and guts and violence and all on it. People don't want to watch it. And what were it, parents? Listen. Get your kids off those cell phones and those video games. They're creating a, a, an atmosphere where they're being insensitive to moral violence. You say it doesn't bother them. Hey, you keep watching that morality. It does bother them. It will catch up to them. I think most parents are totally clueless what's going on on the internet in these games. And no wonder the officers face all kinds of vi satanic violence, stuff that we never dreamed of. 
let's get back to an old leave beaver. And Mrs. Cleaver was in charge. <laughs> you know, that goes back to another saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> but we learned something, and, and we learned some values back then. And we need to uncompromising adherence to a moral ethic code, and this Bible is our moral ethic code right here. And yet families don't even want to come to church to learn that moral ethic code. How could someone raise children and not want to bring your kids to church? What do you think your kids are going to raise up on? You know, Well, they could make their choice. Tell me a two-year-old knows what choice to make. I just about blew my cork one day in a Walmart store. There was this little, little kid sitting in a grocery cart. And the mother, she was like from here to the piano. She was walking down, picking, looking at a few things. And this little two-year-old over in there, he was um, reaching out and trying to get stuff on the shelf. And he, grabbed, and he started knocking everything he can reach on. He knocked on the floor. And he's looking down at this floor. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, he, and he's grabbing more. And his mother turns around, screams at him, and runs about 20 feet to him, get him gets a hold of him. And instead of correcting the child, she pulls out her cell phone and turns on some video games with all the violence that goes in those video games. That's not our duty. That's not teaching your children. We're forgetting what it cost. Integrity is an uncompromising to adherence to a moral ethic, and we're losing that moral ethic. People of honor and character never compromise with respect to morals, and we never compromise our morals to get ahead. But now it seems like some of the jobs, you got you to do something on a job, and you got to join a certain club, and you got to go out with certain people to certain restaurants, and that's why you can rub noses together with some other people, rub elbows with someone, so you can get a, an advancement. No, you need to do your duty to God. And that will bring honor, and that will make us have a better country. The greatest duty of your country is to be a person of highest Honor to God and country. Have a cause greater than yourself in your life. Your life is all about you. For 45 years, I recognize, hey, there's a whole lot of churches that don't, they never taught us finances. For 45 years, I said, hey, I got a cause. I can, I know tax law. Hundreds and hundreds of tax cases every year dealing with people calling me and ask for help. And, and, and that's, I, I count it as a blessing. Not everyone's going to be able to do that kind of stuff. But I, it's my duty that God gave me that talent, and it's my duty to use the talent that God gave me to glorify God. I don't know what your talent is, but praise God whatever you have. You say, well, you know, I'm kind of an introvert. Can I borrow a phrase that Jack Kyle said? Suck your thumb and go soul winning anyways. Go do it, because it's your duty. Daniel wouldn't defile himself with the king's meat. Why? Because it was his duty. He had a moral virtue that is higher than himself. Uh, General Morgan, who fought the British at Cowpens, said, be willing to do the harder job. Friends, always be willing to do the harder job. Make harder choices to say no when you want to say yes. Can you say no to yourself? Well, I've got the money, I can afford to do it. But it doesn't matter if you can afford it or not, it's whether it's biblically right or not. It's your duty. 
It's your duty to be honorable. It's your duty to be humble toward God. And being humble before God is the greatest way to honor God. Not just doing what you're supposed to do, but being humble in what you're doing. Recognize that, that God and others are responsible for your success. You are nobody without everybody else around you. You say, well, I'm a great accountant, but I don't have any accountants. I said, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a great tax lawyer. I know I don't know anything. That's why they send me to school every year to take more courses just to keep up. But, you know, when you think you know something, don't get proud. Because you're going to find out sooner or later you don't know much at all. Yeah. Resist the proud, the Bible says. God gives, resists the proud and he gives grace to who? Who does he give grace to? God gives grace to the humble. And this morning, give grace to the humble. Um, when, when there's righteousness of the heart, there is honor in the soul. And when there's honor in their soul, there is beauty in the character. Can I say that again? When there is righteousness in the heart, there is honor in the soul. And when there is honor in the soul, there is beauty in the character. We need some beauty, not physical beauty. Men of character, women of character, teenagers of character. And when there is character in the home, there is order in our society. And when there's order in society, there'll be peace in the world. There's no peace because there's no order right here. Because there's no absolute truth from the world. And we got the world want to tear down and mock and fun, make fun of these Christians, these Bible thumpers. Friends, we've got the moral compass that the world doesn't want, and the world has gotten into a mess. We define truth out there. Truth is not what you feel it is. There is an absolute truth that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's the absolute truth. That the world doesn't want that. In our society, they don't want that. They don't want that kind of truth. What America needs today is a generation of young people who will say, I will do what I ought to do, and I will do what I'm supposed to do. Not what I feel like doing. Your feelings are not a good source of intelligence. Some of us, I've a number of people who come to me because they know I'm, I, I have a broker's license, stockbroker. And um, they said, I feel we ought to buy this. I said, what's your source of intelligence on that? I don't know. I just got this oozy-goozy feeling. I said, I had the same thing when I was wiring the, the, the uh, outlet up there and I stuck my finger in the wrong one. <laughs> You know, that's not, that's not a source of intelligence just because you've got an oozy-goozy feeling on something. You know, Oscar meets Poopsie and, oh, you know, and she's got the tinglys, so this must be for us. No, it's it just because you've got a feeling doesn't make it truth. You need, to do what, you need to do what is absolutely right. Do right, Bob Jones Sr. used to say. Do right, do right, do right. He used to shout that down. Do right till the stars fall, he would say. But now we've got a generation that has redefined what's right. Now wrong is right and right is wrong. Hey, the first step to backsliding is when you no longer enjoy praying. 
you lost your prayer life, you're going to sooner or later eventually lose your Christian life. The next step is that you no longer, you no longer have a thrill to be in church. You know, I'd, I'd rather be in church seven days a week than to be out in that world anyways. I come here and I've I, I got an atmosphere where I can trust everybody. I can believe everybody. And when someone says yes, they mean yes. Not like the psychologist. Now, does yes mean no and no means yes? Oh, that's a psychiatrist who hadn't figured it out himself. It seems like God isn't near me, people have said. My Sunday school class is no longer a thrill. Well, if your Sunday school class is not what it used to be, why don't you go in there and help it make it what you think it ought to be? But you're not going to change that Sunday school class and by complaining about it, staying at home. You need to be here in church. It's your duty. You no longer read the Bible. You've gotten where the Word of God has become cold. Friends, it's your duty to read the truth of the Word of God. And not just once a day. You know, I, I've written so many articles for the Daily Bread or Baptist Bread or other ones of these little one-page magazine devotionals. That's not a substitute for reading the Word of God. Yeah. Do your duty. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Duty demands it. Strength for the labor. The Lord will provide. That's the songwriter wrote that. Back to the narrow way. Patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer that the Savior has died. Yeah. If you would do so, if you would do so, you would have a, a better country. You'd have a better country because you were doing your duty. Look what happened when I start to think of Jonah. Jonah in the Bible. What did Jonah? He didn't do his duty. He wanted to go where the sun was shining. Listen. <laughs> You're living up north and you say, oh, I had had enough. If you're living in Alaska, you, come, you want to get out of there where you can at least not freeze to death. You've got to thaw out and so people want to go to Hawaii. Do your duty wherever you are. Do your duty to love God and keep his commandments. Do your duty to tell other people about the love of Jesus Christ. And we'd all have a better country if we adhere to those three words duty, honor, and country. Let's bow our heads and pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Our Father, we come before thee this morning with humble hearts. Lord, we love thy word. And thy word is light unto our feet and direction in our path in life. Lord, I pray that you would help us to fall in love again, over and over again. Lord, help us to fall in love with the truth of the word of God. Help us realize it's not just a book of suggestions, but it's your voice incarnate. Lord, you can speak to our hearts through the truth just not another book like Shakespeare, Lord. It is the very truth that guides all of humanity. I prayed this morning we'd help us to, again to do our duty to read the Word of God. 
Help us, Lord, to do our duty to tell others about this truth of the Word of God and tell others about the love of God and tell others about the great forgiveness there is in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for that day you came, you sent someone to my house on a Sunday afternoon and told me about your love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Lord, thank you for that love that you gave your all so that I might be free from the bondage of sin and the lies of this world. I have the truth of the Word of God. Father, bless us this morning as we've looked in the Word of God. Now speak to our hearts. Father, I ask you to especially bless those who are first responders here today. The courage it takes to just say, I'm going to do my duty because I love my God and I love my country. Lord, thank you for their sacrifice and Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to be part of that crowd. Lord, bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.